Welcome to Conscious Conversations, where we aim to inspire deep and meaningful interactions that grow into a community of practice that is committed to healing, resilience, and expansion. We'll be having conversations with spiritual teachers, impact leaders, plant medicine, and holistic health practitioners about spirituality and personal leadership tools and resources and how these can help communities cultivate more harmonious and purposeful lives. I am Mabato Munzi. Join me as we laugh, cry and ponder the meaning of life, the universe and your role in it. In this conversation, we speak to Gogo Piliswa Makai. Gogo Piliswa is a young and diverse traditional healer who has been practicing for over a decade. Through her work as a Sangoma, she helps families and individuals resolve issues arising from bloodline trauma and misinformation around family traditions, rites of passage, and rituals. Good morning, Gogo Piliswa. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Mabat? I'm very well, thank you. I'd love for you to just give us a background of who Piliswa is before she became a Sangoma because I often feel that, you know, we are more than just Sangomas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let me see. I'm someone who's artistic, who's loud, very bold and very fierce, but also in some retrospect, I'm someone who's very calm as well. So I've always just been fascinated by how nature would always find a way of just grounding me. I was just thinking about it the other day, how I'd go to my grandmother's backyard and I'd start counting the stones just to calm myself down if someone would say something um, upsetting at home. And that would always be my calming spot. And at around that time, I was like five or six and seven. And I had no idea. All of that came from the fact that I was a spiritual person. And so nature would always find a way of just calming me down. So I'm someone who's outlook on life is very broad and I don't really believe in limiting myself but also I'm someone who's an empath and believes in just helping people I don't need to know you personally in order for me to help you and that has driven me and taken me from point A to point B and led to the life that I'm currently living right now Gaga Piliswa how would you describe your, your journey how did you get to where you are in your spiritual journey well, it went from being very depressed as a child. And at that time, no one really knew what depression was because, I mean, I grew up in Kezeren. And so in Kezeren, depression was something that was almost taboo. And so when you shut down, everyone thinks that you're acting out as a child. And that resulted in a lot of isolation. And from isolation, it went to family somewhere somehow I felt abandoned and often misunderstood it went from people being frustrated and not really knowing what to do with me and so they started practicing a lot of things or exercising a lot of things from discipline to um, authority exercising excessive authority that wasn't just necessary and that built a lot of trauma because I started having a lot of defense mechanisms and in those defense mechanism times or spaces that's where 
I started tapping into my spirituality where I would hear the voices in my ear. I would feel sensations in my body when I was really angry. I would start trembling and they wouldn't understand why I was trembling. And um, sometimes when I'd be really angry, the clouds would just start turning dark and then everyone would be like, okay, she's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> so then they took me to church and then in church, that's weird really. <laughs> It would get worse. <laughs> because they would pray for me. And the more they prayed, they would pray in tongues. And that's the more it would irritate me. And that's when then um, my ancestors would be awakened. And then I'd start screaming and speaking in different voices. And then they would say, you see, this is that demon. It's coming out right now. Whatever we're doing is actually working. And at that time, I was around 11, 12, sure. you know. And that was quite traumatic. And the amount of things that they tried to exercise to cast out the demons were things that I don't think any person should have gone through around that age. But it is until they took me to a different church and the pastor saw me and he said she's spiritually gifted, but not only in terms of prophecy, but also in terms of ancestry. And the more you try and exercise all of these practices and these prayers and these rituals, that's the more you're furiating the ancestral side of things. And so you've got to have her at a balanced point and try and respect both the gifts in order for her to be a holistic person. And even another way that you have been handling her at home, you've actually been furiating whoever is her lead guide because that person is a male. And that's when then they went back to my great grandfather and they said, speak to us what is happening to the child. And then he was like, I was waiting for this day for you guys to come and have this conversation with me. But because no one asked Everyone just assumed I kept quiet and just let you guys be. Now that you're prepared to actually ask the questions, I will then reveal who she's meant to be. And that's where everything was revealed. Oh, wow. Was that through you channeling your granddad? That is hectic. It so is. So, I mean, that that is a lot to go through as a child. Is this why you are passionate about the inner child? I mean, we have a lot of interactions and a lot of the time, you know, you reference the inner child as, as the key to unlocking some of the behavioral issues or the patterns, uh, issues around worthiness that people might be experiencing. Yes, that's the main reason why, because um, when the voice would come, the voice would tell me that everything is going to be okay. But at that time as a child, you, you are not sure whether this is an imaginary friend, this is an actual voice or whatnot. And at that time, that was me actually summoning him because instead of wanting to scream, any other child when they're frustrated, they scream. Instead of screaming, I would sit and I would literally tell my anger to say, center yourself, don't scream, don't act out of character. But the more I tell myself to do that, that's the more the voice would then be awakened to say, calm down, everything's going to be okay. And then I would then have these conversations in my head to say, but how is everything going to be okay when everyone is mistreating me so much, when I'm going through so much abuse? I'm tired of being forced to fast at 10. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want to eat. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be going through prayer rituals at church, having different people lay their hands on me. I felt violated some way, somehow, and no one understood me. And 
everyone always thought that I was just a disobedient child, you know. And the voice would say, when the time is right, I'll unlock what is going to set you free. But for now, the trauma is meant to build character and it's, it's meant to make you a strong person. And so now that I actually look at it, it was so unnecessary. <laughs> it, like it was just so unnecessary. Had people just had conversations and listened to the child because what the child has to say is very important. And so our inner child bonds and traumas come from that, from parents not wanting to hear and listen to the inner child. Mm -hmm. And if as a child you're not bold and strong enough to listen to even your inner voice or your guide at that time, you then get to suffer so much trauma that then alters who you are. It damages you. You have low self-esteem. I had low self-esteem because at that time I was struggling with obesity because I'd run to food. That one time when I was allowed to eat, I would overeat as a way of comfort mm -hmm. and out of frustration as well. But then that led to identity issues and being bullied at school because now I'm fat and now people are calling me a fat child. And then people are saying I'm weird because now I'm physically sick. My body is changing and now kids are calling me all sorts of names. Then they find out that, okay, I'm having these secret prayer rituals at church and now they think that I've got demons. And so mm. all of that, it feels as though you're being cast out of society, you know, and it, it, it really made me have low self-esteem. And I said to myself, one day when I get there, I will make sure that I correct this because no child should have to go through mm. all of this. Mm. And no person, even if you're an adult, no one deserves to be cast out of society. No one deserves to be called names. No one deserves to go through all of that trauma, all in the name of discovering who they are or just merely fighting for who they are. Because mm. I believe that at that time I was fighting to tell everyone, no, this is who I am. Mm. Yes, I am different. But it doesn't mean that you have to now pick on me or feel like there's something wrong with me just because I'm different mm. from any other child. Mm. And so inner child trauma is something that really played a role into how I first lost my way and then found my voice, then lost my way again, then found my voice. And now I'm just like, I'm in it. And mm. I need to tell others to say, you don't have to go through the cycle. We can just easily break it whilst it's still early. Mm. You mentioned that one way you'd um you'd use to try and protect yourself or to shut off was to go inward and tell yourself in your head that everything was going to be okay right but in the context of a black family you keeping quiet and deciding to zone out is seen as a sign of disrespect yes and i'm sure it meant getting even more punish punishment yes. because now you are being stubborn. You are seen as being stubborn. Yet for you, it was a coping mechanism. Yes. Now, some of these coping mechanisms that we develop um, from a young age as children, we tend to, as we grow up and develop into adult, we still go back to those mechanisms um, because they used to help us. They've helped us survive. The only problem is now you're an adult. You don't have to behave in that way. And now that's now the current conflict that I go through. It comes in waves. When a situation I feel like, okay, is out of my control, naturally inner child goes shut down and dig deep in order for you to be centered and grounded. But it's of no use as an adult to shut down because you need to speak. 
you need to say, I'm not okay. And the reason why I'm not okay is because of A, B, C, D, E. You cannot self-isolate all the time as an adult because we live amongst people. And in order for you to cohabit with those people, you need to cohabit in a healthy and effective way so that the next person can understand exactly where you are and what you're going through so that there's a point of moving forward. But if as a child you learned over and over again as a defense mechanism to just shut down, it's kind of hard to pull back and to balance. And so from time to time, I struggle from that balance of just shutting down and that balance of actually speaking out and saying, this is me, I'm not okay, and I was offended by this, how do we move on? So it's not just that. Some some people, as children, you'll find that as a coping mechanism, you'd walk away. And so in, as an adult, when it comes to issues and they feel as though I'm not ready to deal with this issue right now, they prefer to walk away. Mm-hmm. But walking away isn't necessarily the right way of solving problems. You're not resolving anything. If anything, you're deciding to shut it down. And if you learn to walk away, you'll never face anything in life. And because you'll never face anything in life, you give up easily on the things that matter the most because you've taught yourself as a defense mechanism to walk away. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that we teach ourselves as inner children to protect ourselves and protect our guards but later as adults become disruptive behavior and we are unable to coexist and cohabit with other people and so going back sitting down and asking yourself who am i what happened to me what's my story how do i then fix then and now pay together in order for me to be someone who is holistic and able to communicate effectively and move off freely in life. Mm-hmm. How do I pay the two, mm-hmm. the inner child and your current adult self? And then after that, when you're done dealing with those two, then you know who you're going to be in the future. Mm. So, um, I mean, one of the more practical things that I'm thinking about of how a wounded inner child can affect um, an adult in their current life or time is things like deprivation. So if yes. you grew up not having toys, not having, you know, facilities to, you know, and not being able to have fun or not having enough clothes, as an adult, how do you think that can manifest? Yeah, it manifests in such problematic and toxic behavior because you will not be able to fully function in friendships, in relationships, um, in working spaces, as well as with just yourself generally. Because you feel as though you are deserving of anything and everything just because once upon a time you lacked. And so you feel the self-entitlement to saying, I'm entitled to this because I've already suffered and now this is my time for me to receive whatever it is that I can receive and everyone has to give it to me, you know. And that's very, very, very dangerous to have that demanding perception or mindset because if someone is not there for you, you then feel like either you hold them ransom or you hold them to account or you guilt trip them or you shut them down and then you cut them off. So it's either you have a lot of people who have to worship you because you've got a main character syndrome or you've got a messiah syndrome where you feel like everyone should bow down and worship the ground that you walk on or you've got a narcissistic behavior to say, I do not need you. I can coexist without you. Therefore, you're not worthy of my time and so I can cut you off. You're constantly living within your ego, which is very dangerous. You're constantly very ruthless 
and forthcoming, which is not also good for you or for the next person. You're constantly hurting those that surround you mm. and you're not even aware. And then you are unable to live in a lighter form because you're fully within your envy and your jealousy and your greed. So constantly acquiring stuff. Yes, acquiring like- stuff. You're greedy. You can never have enough. You can never be satisfied for it by anything. Remember, you're trying to fill the void. Mm, compensate. Yes, you're overcompensating in friendships, in relationships, at work, at home. Or you feel like people should overcompensate. It's either Either or, basically. Mm. You you can never be a balanced person. Either you are people-pleasing because you want these people to surround you and therefore you feel like there's enough. Or you are just rude and you're just ruthless and you feel as though you deserve and you start demanding and you're greedy and you are jealous and you're envious and it's just a non-ending cycle. Also, you become very confrontational mm. because how dare you take this off mine when I lacked this and I worked hard for this or how dare you not give me this? Don't you know that I lacked all my life so therefore I feel like you you need to give me that. Mm. You feel entitled to a t- almost a typical, everything. A typical example, um, you know, that plays it, it itself out a lot is with our politicians, particularly the yes. ones that, that went to exile, where with every thing that comes up, I mean, we've recently seen it with, with our police minister. Yeah. When reality is being uh, shown to him, his response was, but I was in exile, but I was, you know, and they always go back to that. The victim mode. Th- the victim mode to say, I deserve this because yes. um, I spent my life uh, or this part of my life protecting this country. Yes. And so I can do whatever I want, essentially. Yes. So you're constantly in victim mode and in demand mode. So mm-hmm. you hold people at ransom. Because I suffered and you know my suffering, you deserve to give me this. Because I suffered in exile... I then cannot account to one, two, three, four. How dare you ask me for accountability? How dare you ask me for responsibility when you know very well that I suffered for years in exile? So same thing mm. when you suffered from a lot of lack or a lot of poverty in your life as a child, you go through life in general feeling like you are the victim and everyone should be subserving to your victimhood mm. for the rest of your life. Mm. And you're unable to live a meaningful, purposeful life and you're unable to give authentic connections to people or authentic emotions to people. You you even don't even know who you are. You go through some sort of an identity crisis where you feel like at this point you are this person, you gravitate towards that and then in the middle of everything you're just like I don't have the energy for this. I can't finish this. So let me jump to this. Maybe it will gratify or fill the void. You're constantly looking for something that is going to fill the void that you can identify with. Mm. This child who has got all these issues, for lack of a better word right now, was parented in a particular household. And the parents obviously dealt with life or or with raising children in the way that they did. That would be a big contributor to how this child now turns out. Yeah. Right? Now, how do we fix that family dynamic dynamic to say, now here I am as an adult 
with a wounded inner child. Mm-hmm. I now need to face my parents. Let's just say I'm, I'm doing the work. Mm-hmm. I need to face my parents who still know what they knew then when they were parenting me. In some instances, the parents are no longer there. Now, oh my God. How does one go back? Because in some instances, you might have to, in resolving issues of the inner child, you, you might have to replay those moments and stand up for yourself now mm. as an adult mm. so that you can stand up for yourself in this present time. Mm-hmm. How, how do we fix that relationship? Hmm. That's a not, lot. not only for adults who are children of living parents, but for adults who are children of ancestors. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how does that play out okay firstly if the parents are still alive that is bound to be a hard conversation because remember you are doing the work you are unraveling you are confronting all your demons and how you want to break free from all that chains you because you want to live a meaningful purposeful life and you want to know who you are but now, having to go to someone as a healed version and have that conversation with them and they are unhealed, that's automatically a tough conversation because they see it as disrespect. One. Two, they see it as an attack, a personal attack. A person who is still unhealed and not ready to hear the truth will always see the truth as an attack, as an offense. They'll take offense. So in you trying to move forward, you'll actually create more wounds from what you actually intended. And so I would then advise that person to say, if your parents are living, go into storytelling mode. Instead of just confronting and putting the issue on the table, but go into storytelling mode. Remember as a child when you'd put me on time out for 20 minutes because you felt like I was naughty? That 20 minutes on time out made me feel isolated, abandoned, and unwanted. And in those times, I didn't feel worthy and deserving of your love and your attention. And that today as an adult has made me feel like in relationships when people hurt me or offend me, I also cast them out. I take them to time out. It's just that I don't call it time out. But I feel that it's the right way because there is no other way to correct the situation at that moment. And I learned that from you. And that today has made me a toxic person. But I'm not saying that you need to take accountability, but I'd like to hear where you got it from. Mm -hmm. Let the parent then tell you where they learned a time out because it's a behavioral pattern that was inhabited from someone else. They also learned it from somewhere else. Tough love. Our parents were not born with tough love. They learned tough love through their own personal experiences and they therefore need to tell you to say, oh, well, I thought this was the right way because my grandmother 
or my mother used to do this to me. And so throughout my entire life, I've always known this as the right way. The more you go into storytelling mode, you allow someone to tell their truth in their own voice, in their own light, and you're able to see also where they come from. And you're, you're able to have compassion for them and empathy for them. And therefore, even in your delivery of your story and telling of your pain, they don't feel attacked and you don't feel as though they're taking away something from you. Now, if the parents are deceased, now that's something that is totally different because one, you then have to get a consultation with either a prophet or a medium, but someone who is able to bring your guides into the conversation or into the consultation. And once the guides are there or the parents are there, then they're able to speak on behalf of themselves, but through that person and give their side of the story. But also, if you are unable to go to a consultation with a prophet or a medium, you then have to exercise a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer. And the first prayer that you would pray would be a forgiveness prayer. You need to first forgive yourself for all that was done to you, for all that you allowed to happen to you, and then forgive those that did things to you, whether they were right or wrong, whether they knew them or they didn't know them, but you need to go through that forgiveness prayer because you're then purified and centered in that forgiveness prayer and you're able to bring them forward to then summon them in that meditative state to say, I invite you into my dreams, I invite you into my life, but I'm inviting you solely because I want forgiveness and I want us to move forward. And I'm inviting you into my dreams so that we can then tell the story. You share your side of your story and you tell me where it well, where it all went wrong and how can I fix it? And often the guides will come in a dream and they will say, we are unable to connect with you in this space. Go to a mountain, go to a river, go to a forest, go to a cave and speak to us through this candle or this ritual. And then you're able to connect with them and they're able to then play back to say, we hurt you because we didn't know better. And this came from this and this and this. They're able to retell their story either through a dream, a vision, or you will feel a sensation or you will feel bodily pains. And that is them coming through to you to say, this is us and this is our story. But that would require you to do it more than once. Mm -hmm. It would require for you to do it continuously. Because remember, now they are dead. And for them to come through to you will take a lot of work. And it will take a lot of convincing. Because even when you do the prayers or even when you do Patla and you connect with them, some will still feel as though it's disrespect. Mm. How dare you summon us to answer to your questions mm. about your trauma? Mm. So they will still come in resistance. They will still fight. They will still be angry. But you need to stand firm and to say, I want to break the chain. Mm. I want to heal. And you are no better to me as an angry guide because when we summon them, we summon them in their state. Mm. So it's of no use to be summoning an angry, violent, traumatized, toxic guide into your life and asking for direction because they come with the same turmoil. Mm. They're of no use to you. And that's the reason why other people will tell you, I don't believe in Amadlozi because I've heard that when you summon them, you bring more trouble to yourself. That's because you're bringing an unhealed 
traumatized, violent, uh, very toxic ancestor into your life and you're asking for guidance, how does that person guide you when they themselves didn't lead a model life mm. or a balanced life? I like what you're talking about because it then allows us to bring issues of ancestral healing and the value it it can bring in people's lives, particularly in changing unwanted or unproductive patterns in mm, people's lives. Mm. Um, and this is not only for Sangwamas, by the way. Mm, I mm. think for people, for everyone, um, mm. going back and seeing where your woundedness stems from mm. and working to change those patterns into positive, you know, transforming those experiences without necessarily blaming mm. because our parents have often done the best that that they could, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm. with what they knew. Mm. So having that understanding and that level of compassion mm. and working with them to say, maybe we can do it this way. Mm. How about we do it this way? Mm. Now, that's a way of reparenting the inner child mm -hmm. in a way. Mm. But what does it mean for ancestral healing? For ancestral healing, it means that you have stronger guides and karma guides and centered guides. That's what people don't understand. Idlo's lako is of no use to you if it's not grounded and balanced. No one else can do that for you except for you. No and and no. you can only do it by healing yourself. Yes, yes, yes. There is no one else that can do it. There's no healer on earth, no medium, no prophet, no sangoma, no nyanga that can do it for you, but for you to do it, you know. And they are, they are able to receive you if you are calm because you are aware. Self-awareness comes from you healing your inner child. Remember that because you're speaking from a place of humbleness and not ego. But if you're demanding questions, you're coming heavy and hot with ego and arrogance to say, I need to know why my life is not right. But if you are aware that they did the best that they could and they parented you from a place that they thought was best, if you do the healing, you're able to come with some sort of compassion and understanding to say, listen, I know that you tried your best. And in trying your best, maybe it wasn't really the best for me at that time. Right now, I'm trying to change things. I'm trying to break the curse. I'm trying to heal so that you are also able to heal. Because remember, if you are not healed, your lineage is not healed. The manner in which they come to you will be the manner in which they come to your children. So you're creating a cycle. You then become illusory. That is just as problematic to your children as well. So it then continues to be a bloodline thing. But mm -hmm. we need to break it. And if we break it, we have to first teach our great-grandparents how to love us. There are certain things that they deprive us of because of their inner children as well. Mm -hmm. Because you'll find that they'll say, Ilozi said I must not go to school. That's because he never went to school. He was deprived of that as a child. And so he does not understand the importance of education. Mm -hmm. You'll find that they'll say, Ilozi never wanted me to have a job. But that's because they were deprived of that. And they had to go into stepping into being the parent child because their grandparents passed and then someone had to stand for the home and they had to take over that and so they watched other kids go to school find jobs build their lives go to cities they were stuck in the farms in the rural areas doing all of that so their inner children are still wounded so as a child when they come to you as guides they're still coming with all of that trauma 
when you want to go to university, they go, no, they disturb you. And so you get distracted and you mm. can't focus because they are causing that disturbance because they have not healed. So in a way, they come with envy and jealousy, which is something that people don't actually think of. But they do. Sometimes it does come with jealousy and envy to say, you are living the life that we dreamt of but never got to live. Mm. You are getting to attain or achieve things that we always dreamt of, but we never had the opportunity to because our parents wanted this path for us mm. and they forced this path down on us you will want to be in a thriving relationship with a loving partner but maybe because your great-grandmother was a warrior woman who took care of the family homestead because at home she was the only child and there were no boy children and so she was forced to be the boy child she then doesn't understand the concept of relationships mm. so then you then hear who doesn't want you to have a man can't you know it's teaching her to say i understand that you could not be a woman because you had to step into the to the role of being a man and taking care of the home. But allow me to still be a warrior woman in a relationship. I can still thrive and be that and still be soft and be compassionate and sub-submissive to my husband. And it can still be a partnership that works. You know, you'll hear that Ilozi does not want to have children, but that's because she was a warrior woman. She was not ever allowed to get married. She never got a time to be in a relationship because she was at war. She was fighting for her for her lineage she were fighting for the community or fighting whatever it was that they were facing at that time and so all of these traumas if we come back and we reintroduce them into the life that we are living now it makes sense to them and for you to do the forgiveness prayer you start by saying i'm sorry for all that happened to you that you had no control of mm. i'm really sorry that people did things to you that i might never know I may never come to understand, but I know that wherever you are, you're traumatized, you're hurt, and I'm sorry for that. Mm. And I'm sorry that life hurt you in ways that maybe you spoke of or never had the time to speak of or never had the voice or the confidence or the self-esteem to speak of. And I'm sorry that no one ever got to hear your story, but I need you to hear my story. This is the life that I want to live for myself. This is the life that I want for myself. Is there a way of you and I coming together and trying to heal you and as I heal you get healed through me so that's where the whole came in we do those things because we are healing them as we are healing and that's why it's always encouraged to say as you're steaming you speak positivity into them as you are cleansing you say I don't only want to cleanse my physical self but I also want to cleanse my spiritual self mm. to get rid of whatever it is that you feel weighs you down whether it be mentally emotionally whether it be childhood traumas whether it be umuti that was used on them but you encourage them you invite them into the healing to say let's heal together mm. that's why there's different types of prayers that we pray there's different types of rituals that we do because we are trying to get back into the ancestry and heal the ancestral bloodline but it takes a a lot of work and a lot of people don't have the time and the patience for it i like how you describe it is such a collaborative uh, process um i mean it starts with humility um of inviting them in to say i understand but i'd like us to do it this way as opposed to rejecting those broken parts mm. um like often uh, uh, people do you know mm. we, we often reject other people's broken parts mm. or even individuals themselves 
they reject their broken parts mm-hmm. and never allow those to be seen you know and and it can manifest in in different ways in our everyday lives mm. but i also like how when one does the inner work it then not only focuses on you the individual but there's a ripple effect because you then get to be a bit more compassionate towards other people mm. because you get to see their wounds mm. how do you think life would be like if we all realized that most of us are working with the wounded inner child i think life would be kinder i think people would still live in the true essence of ubuntu and i think that life would be less of a survival mode and more of a unified unit moving together remember there's a lot of things that came to african people and broke them and disintegrated them and further traumatized them from what we were but we all go into that but if we healed our inner children would be more compassionate would be attentive would be more patient there's no one who's as patient as a child we would be forgetful and very um forgiving because a child can cry now and laugh with you 2 minutes later mm. we would be pure there are very few people who are still pure and still live in their pure form of pure state where they embrace and they accept everything as is we'd live less in our ego and because we'd be living less in our ego we would know that everything will unfold when it should and how it should instead of overwhelming ourselves being hard on ourselves criticizing ourselves judging the next person and being so harsh on the next person because a child understands that if there's meat today there's meat today if there's no meat tomorrow there's no meat tomorrow if i'm dressed in second hand clothes today i am tomorrow i'm being bought clothes it's fine you know but as adults because we haven't healed we then set these standards for ourselves these imaginary standards and self limiting beliefs to say that this is how life should be and this is how people should be this is how people should really we start setting standards and when you really look at them those standards stem from an unhealed inner child who then grows up to be an adult who feels like they're setting boundaries whereas they're limiting themselves mm, i like that you know? i like that because the setting boundaries thing is quite popular in the self help mm. sort of like space mm. where it is encouraged but Mm-mm. that often creates separation between yes. people yes. right because um when you are in flow when you are whole mm. you don't get offended yes you know you because your inner child is happy yes you so you don't discriminate because you don't yes. know something yes. children have got a very inquisitive mind yes and and are very accepting yes flaws and all yes you know and people might wonder that we're talking about this inner child but um there are responsibilities um not understanding that one is not literally saying become a child mm. but lose your hang ups yes. all the things you learned as ways of protecting yourself 
back then because then that creates the walls. Yes, it does. It literally does. Your inner child defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms then become boundaries Mm -hmm. and toxicity as an adult. That's why it's important to heal the inner child so that you know where your toxic behaviors stem from and where they come from, where your guard comes from, where your defense mechanism, even as an adult, comes from. Because it's a bouncing effect. If you don't bounce out of trauma and you decide to stay in that trauma, you stay in it as an adult and it thickens. The layer thickens. It doesn't get less. And so you become insecure. Your insecurities are not from your adulthood. Your insecurities are from your inner child defense mechanisms. It was good for you as a child. Now it's not so good and conducive for you as an adult. So you need to go back to saying, why am I setting these boundaries to begin with? Mm. Why should I have my guard up around people that I love and I trust? If I don't really trust them, why are they in my circle? Mm. Yeah, understand. And if I can't have them in my circle, what's stopping me from not having them in my circle? You need to go back to the purity of the relationship and the nature of the relationship. I once accepted this person into my life. What's making me reject this person now? What am I seeing wrong? What am I being judgmental on? What am I not being compassionate about? What am I not being understanding of? What am I not being tolerant of? Mm. Because children have unconditional love. As adults, we set conditions to our love and we feel that those are the boundaries. But we learned that from inner children defending themselves to say, I will not allow this adult to come this far or I will not allow society to come this far. As an adult, it becomes a a toxic behavior because you set boundaries and tones for people in your life, even for yourself, in careers, in in friendships and relationships, even with your own children. You still continue with that and you consider it tough love Mm. or sometimes you consider it over uh, you you consider it being compassionate whereas you're overcompensating no i'm being compassionate because as a child i never got this so for my children i'll always go out no you see now you're overcompensating because of what you lacked as a child because your inner child is not healed and and that might necessarily have positive results for for your children you see so you continue the cycle and the behavior but if you are aware then you are able to avoid all of that. So I think we need to sit down and ask ourselves as adults, if I've got judgment and I'm a judgmental adult, where does it come from? There's an inner child story that you need to retell to yourself. If I'm someone who's got a lot of insecurities, whether it comes to my own physical self, whether it comes to relationships, whether it comes to trusting people, where does it come from? If I'm someone who's argumentative and someone who's got anger issues, where does it come from? If I'm someone who believes in isolating and cutting people off, where does it come from? If I'm someone who is easily hurt and easily offended, where does it come from? If I'm someone who's, who believes that the world is against me and everyone is out to get me, you're living in full victimhood. Where does it come from? Mm. And it's not only that. When you start realizing, when you start asking those questions, now let's do the homework and ask about our history. Who is my mother? What life did she live? Who is my grandmother? My great-grandmother? Because remember, we inhabit them with their toxicity, their habits, their bad traits, their traumas. Some of them come to you with those and you're not even aware of them. And they inhabit them as behaviors. 
and you move on with that. So now you're finding it hard to balance or to live a balanced life because in spirit you are inhabiting a problematic ancestors and guides. They are now infiltrating you with that toxicity and all of those bad habits and all of those traumas. You are now sprouting out of control. But also as an adult or as a human being who's still living on earth, you still have your own issues. You then become a very disruptive person. You are not able to coexist with people. You are codependent on substance abuse or other ways of distracting yourself and self-harming yourself. And you might believe that it's not really self-harming. Some people are shopaholics. Some people are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Some people relationships. Can, some people well. cannot live without being in a relationship. Some people always have to move in pools and clans with their friends. Some people are um, hard workers and they believe that's the correct work ethic by dedicating themselves to their workspace. But really, is it really the most productive thing for you to do? No, everyone has got an outlet. But ask yourself, is it really the correct outlet? Mm. Is it really conducive to you? What is it doing to you? Is it damaging? Is it is it making you thrive? How are you relating to your children, to your society? Because also, another thing is, because the inner child is so wounded, we've all escaped social responsibility. People no longer know what social responsibility is. Mm. And yet, if you go back to back in the day, they would say, it takes a community to raise a child. Who's raising this child? Mm. Who's been raising these adults, but they were once children? Mm. Which society? We are not only a product of our grandparents and our parents, but also we're a product of the communities that we come from. And if those communities were broken, our inner child are very broken because we observed. I like that so much because a lot is going on, man, yeah. right now. Yeah. A lot is going on from sexual abuse yes. within the family. Yes. From excessively drinking. Yes. From gender-based violence. Yes. Um, from corruption. People just wanting to hoard yes. everything. Yes. This is the society See, we have produced. So imagine the inner children. Because in your household as Umabat, you could be doing your best to heal yourself and heal your children and show them and show them a healed version of you. Then they go out to the society. They are still raised by the society because they are observing. Mm. They are feeling. They are going through it. They are experiencing that. And so sometimes the children are not wounded by the family themselves but they're wounded by the society and they go through that because that's what they see as a norm in the society mm. so there's a lot of healing healing the inner child means coming back and having social responsibility to do better and be better for our society for the next generation to heal because if we were all healed as uh, as inner children we'd all want to go back to our society and fix what is broken and wrong right now whether it be crime gender-based violence, whether it be rape, whether it be excessive alcohol, whether it be um, promiscuity and whatnot, we'd all want, we'd all feel that social obligation to say we oh, need to go back. I'm so glad you put it in that way because people tend to think that it's not their problem. No, it is. You know, so long as me and my children are fine, No, we have our big long walls, we are protected, we, we eat every day. They think it, it ends there. No. But I mean, you just look at 
all the negative things that are happening and you realize there's no way just leaving it and, and thinking that it you and my family itself. are fine, that you're going to be fine. It can never be. It can never really be. And because of that, what does it do? It then means, Uguti, Umabachu is walking with an unhealed version, your ancestral line. Mabachu and her family are not doing the work, Right. If your people are not doing the work, there comes your great grandmother with a batin kapilu mb with evil intent. Mm. You start then looking at your neighbor and going, "Why does she have a car?" Mm. What? Because it's your grandmother, girl. Because now she's not healed. So whatever she's still seeing or observing through you in the world, she feels that she feeds it to you, and then when you then start manifesting it into life. You'll then be envious of people who are in your life. You are unable to coexist with people. Mm -hmm. And even your guides, they are not able to say, no, Mabad, why are you wanting someone else's life when we have blessed you with what you want and what you need in your life? Mm -hmm. You are unable to draw that line between your wants and your needs, the life that you're meant to live and the life that the next person is supposed to live. And so because of that envy, there comes that whole, it's not my problem. It's not my business. I guess she has the car. So what did they hijack her? It's not my business. I use taxis. So it's okay. It's fine. If they decide to rape her child, it's okay. My mm. child is safe at home. But if you had a strong lineage of guides, you'd have that conscious. Remember our guides speak us through a conscious. Your conscious would speak up to say, no, something is wrong because your guides are there. They're active. They're healed. And they know. They also hold your account to say, hey, hey you live within a society and you need to have the societal responsibility to say no is no, right is wrong. And you have that compassionate because your people speak through you to say something is wrong. Stand up and do something. But if your people are also not healed, it's a... Let's leave it like that. Mm. You to, know, to each their own. Yeah, to each their own. And people are unaware, Guti. Our thoughts, our conscience, and everything is a result of our unhealed people. We are unable to be compassionate to the next person because the people that we walk with and that we trust to be guiding us, they are also unhealed. Mm. So they are not coming with that compassion, that understanding, that patience, with that um, forgiveness. They are not able to come through that light in us and we are unable to give it off to the next person. That's why they always say that light begins from within. It's not really from within. It begins from your own guides. If your own guides do not have light, they cannot teach you better. They cannot shed light onto you. If they are not a healed version of themselves, they're not going to come to you with the healed version of yourself. And so in whatsoever that you do, you'll always be shortcoming because those that you walk with are not healed. Mm -hmm. But why are they not healed? You need to figure that out. The minute you start being envious of someone else, you need to ask yourself, would who is this guide that is coming with this negativity or with this uncertainty, with this lack, with this um, feeling as though you are not worthy? Why is this guide coming in this light? Mm. I need to fix it. And once you fix it, life starts making a lot of sense. Mm. And one can easily relate it to the different spirits. I think oftentimes when people talk about spirits, they think of like physical entities mm. you know that 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 don't look very nice that are scary mm. but it is these feelings right um mm. anything that is not consistent with god's love so envy is a mm. spirit mm. you know jealousy is a spirit mm. 
um, not being satisfied, mm. you know, constantly wanting. Mm. That is the spirit. And these are the things that we are fighting in mm. today's life. Greed. Mm. Greed mm. is a big one currently mm. in our society. Mm. So these are the spirits that we are fighting, but that are also fueled by the experiences of that wounded child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to say, I did not have enough. I grew up not having a car. So, every every mm. year, I'm going to mm. get the latest, mm-hmm. you know. So, not having that balanced um, state of mind mm. or state of, of being, mm. where even our emotions are constantly in flux, mm-hmm. um, where you are not grounded, mm-hmm. you know, where one is easily angered as well. Mm. These are all manifestations of that wounded in a child who is manifested as this adult that is unbalanced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also a pairing of unhealed ancestral bloodlines that are also contributing to all of that. Mm. And so can you imagine how disruptive the hum- the normal human being is if you're not awakened and if you're not healed? You're going through a lot. What does that do? All of that manifests then into a depression. No matter the amount of money you have, you still feel like there's a void that needs to be filled, but you don't exactly know how to fill the void. So you then start thinking, because I've got the money, let me get the friends, and they can run around and do the run around for me, and I feel maybe I'll be satisfied. And you have that, and it's still not enough. If you're a man, you then tap into your ego and you go, maybe if I have a lot of women surrounding me and I just throw money around, I'll be happy still not enough. If you're a woman, you then go, maybe if I flash it, you know, if I go shopping, if I go on holiday, if I do this, everything of yours is excessive, excessive behavior. And then you feel like, because the world's eyes are on me, I'm enough. But when you go home, you are empty. Because again, there are a lot of issues that are deep within that you cannot fulfill. So the society that we live in is a, is a society that chases cloud, that chases fame, that chases um, the material life. And they feel as though if they're not thriving materially, they haven't really attained anything. If they're not in a successful relationship, then they're not enough. If they're not thriving in their career, they're not enough. And, 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 and. But when you really look at it, all of those things are tangible, materialistic And temporary as well. And temporary things as well. But as a child, again, children had no money. Children had no assets. But children were the most happiest people in the world. And they're the most easiest to make happy. The most easiest. The most free also. There's no one who's as free as a child. Also, fearless. You know that a child can climb a tree without a rope. As an adult, you go, uh, uh, what if I fall and I break my arm? Because they don't have those self-limiting beliefs. They believe that anything and everything is possible. But as an adult, because of trauma, all of those fears, those insecurities, the wanting, the need, the need to flesh, the need to be out there in order for you to feel a certain way, it comes from an unhealed version of yourself. So if you were to try and go back to healing yourself, healing your inner child, society would be better. But if we were to take this to politicians, of course, they would think we are crazy because how dare we try and come and take away what they have worked hard for because Mm. they believe it's hard work. Is it really hard work? Mm. I like the fact that you bring the endless possibility in which the child 
or rather the lens through which the child sees life, mm. which is anything is possible. Mm. You know, that creativity, mm. that freedom, mm. right? To present that to an adult and mm. say, what if you started believing that everything is mm. possible? Mm. What would life look like? I think, first of all, people would think you're crazy. <laughs> but I think life would be more colorful. Life would definitely be lighter. We would laugh more. We would judge less. There'd be no depression, definitely no depression. And we would go back in to believing in magic. You know, be crazy enough to believe in your own magic. We would, I love that. Yeah, we'd be crazy enough to believe in our own magic to a point where even happiness is an illusion these days. But a child wakes up happy. No child is ever cramped. Mm. Every child is happy. But as an adult, you must convince yourself. You must sit and go, okay, I need to go to work. I need Psych to yourself. Eat. I need to, you know, but imagine what life would be like if you'd spring out of bed, if you'd run through rain, if you'd want to jump in a river, whether or not you can swim or not, it doesn't matter. Where you'd want to chase a butterfly, whether or not you're going to catch it, it doesn't matter. Where you'd just want to start painting, whether or not it's going to be a perfect painting or not, it doesn't matter. You know, whether or not you'd try climbing a tree or a mountain or, or just sitting and meditating. I mean, even the flexibility of a child's body tells you how much of a wandering free spirit a child is. A child can twist their arm in so many ways and isn't it, as an adult you go hey, hey, I'm gonna break my arm my bones are too but what would happen if you were to believe that your body is really flexible your mind is really flexible your heart is unable to be broken or to feel pain or you're able to shed pain easily and move through life easily imagine that lighter version of you and also fulfilled people because yes. people would have the courage to pursue their dreams yes because they thought anything was possible yes and the fact that life would be meaningful because mm. right now we calculate i need to be a doctor because i can earn a certain salary they can give me a certain house and a certain car and I can have a certain you see we are limiting ourselves because we are calculating life but was life really meant for us to go through it calculating our steps or were we meant to live life I think people need to ask themselves are they living through life or are they calculating their way in their steps through life are you really living a purposeful life and flowing through life or are you so busy accumulated by a lot of things that you are calculating you are chasing you you are so busy in working hard at life whereas you should just be letting go and just living in life flow yes be in flow are you really in flow i don't think a lot of people can answer that so if a person wants to start doing this inner work thing inner healing of the child where do they start sure like i mentioned previously you need to ask yourself, first of all, the most important question is, who are you? What makes you happy? Who are you without family, friends, a relationship, a career, your children? Who are you, the individual? What makes you happy, again, without your family, your friends, your relationship, your career, and your children? material world and everything what makes you happy first start there if you're unable to answer you immediately then know who doesn't everything is wrong here 
there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm. That's self-discovery. Uh, yes, that's self-discovery. It's important for you to discover and know who you are in order for you to know where to fix. You cannot fix if you don't know what is broken. And in asking yourself these two questions, you are able to spot what is wrong. Who are you? If you say, I'm just a mother, then what happened to the individual? Mm. If you say, I'm someone's daughter, what happened to the individual? Mm. If you say, I'm someone's wife or someone's girlfriend, what happened to the individual? I am someone who's a pillar of strength for my friends. What happened to being a pillar of strength for yourself? Mm. If you're saying that I'm the manager or the CEO of a certain institution or company, what happened to the individual? Who are you without all of these labels and these titles? Who are you really? And what makes you happy? And once you figure that out, then you go, if I was unable to answer all the other questions, let me go back and fill the void mm. or try and work at figuring out where is the void. And also to start spending time with ourselves, um, yes. to rediscover ourselves. Yes. Um, I, I also realized that sometimes people also don't know what they like doing. Yes. You know, people don't know what they like Because doing. they forgot. Mm. Because their inner child was either forced to grow up earlier and be matured and so as a child you didn't have the time to discover what you liked remember as children would have dreams to say i will be a doctor i will be this but some children don't get to get to that dreaming phase of wanting a life for themselves because they have to snap out of childhood and into adulthood. adulthood. And because of that, you don't know who you are or what makes you whole because you had to snap out of your childhood. So as an adult, you then have to go back to saying, what happened? How was my growth or my dream or my bubble as a child shunned or stopped? So I need to tap into that to say, what would I as a child ideally like to be as an adult? And you try and pair and merge the two. Mm. You see? So for a lot of people, it's a, it's a hard question, but go back. History. If there's one thing that history does, it, it always has a way of retelling our stories to ourselves. Whether it will tell it through others, through occurrences, through certain events, through dreams, history will always tell us who we are. Mm. We just ignore it. And and I think uh, one of the most significant questions that any person can really ask themselves is, at the end of the day, who do they want to be? Yes. You know, because then that would tell a lot, mm. not to other people, but to themselves, mm. to say, okay, all of these things happened to me. Mm. Fine, I didn't have control over them. Mm-hmm. But today, I can choose who I want to become. Mm. And so then the next step would be, how do I become that? Um, mm. So if you find that currently you are an impatient person, mm. so it means you need to be intentional about being a bit more patient. Mm. If it means you are the type of person that procrastinates and therefore you don't get things done, you then need to go back and ask yourself, oh, okay, what would happen if I held myself accountable to my personal goals? Because mm. that also goes into the self-worth, you know, to yeah. say, am I deserving of my own time? Yeah. Am I deserving investing time in myself by Attention. doing the things, the, the things that I love? Mm. 
you know so so that addresses quite a number of things when we start to ask the question who am i and then who do i want to be because we always have a choice to change or to stay the same yeah and letting go of the fear of the unknown remember we hang on to these traumas because we're afraid of discovering who we actually are and if we'll actually love that and if society will, will be approving of that and so because of that uncertainty we then hang on to the trauma just a bit more because we feel like people can identify with it. But to go back to what you had just said, um, psychology says you write a letter to your, to your child self or your, your, your child version and you write everything that you wanted as a child. You then write everything that you are right now as an adult. And then from the two letters, you then come up with a third conclusion of who you actually want to be. So in the first letter, you're addressing your inner child. You're addressing your actual childhood to say, the inner child wanted this, but actual reality was this. As an adult, I'm now this from a result of all of that. And maybe some I'm responsible for and because of society and because I have grown. But as now moving forward as an adult, who would I ideally like to be from the two letters you then get to choose who you want to be and commit to that. Mm. And as committing to that, from that letter, you then write, I will see myself worthy. How will you see yourself worthy? You start working towards that worthiness in order for you to know that going out there, the world must already know what your worth is and then it must match it. You then go, I need attention, but you start giving yourself the attention. So if you write anything down, you're already manifesting it. You're already affirming it. You're already setting it out there. And as you're doing that, you're doing the actual work to say, this is what the individual needs. This is what I have to work on. And every day you work towards that. And as you're more conscious and aware of it, you start changing and you start seeing the world mm. in a different way. You start being more compassionate, more understanding, more patient. And but also more responsible yes. for ourselves yes. and, and our own feelings because yes. you then get to understand that you are not that inner child. Yes. So you don't have to react with the same yes. tools that you used many years ago when you yes. were a child yes. uh, and thinking like a child. Now you are this person and you are choosing how you want to respond to life. Mm. and And also by making sure that you are giving yourself what you want. Yes, that's why that first letter is important because in writing that first letter, you get to discover even hidden stories that you had forgotten mm. to say what happened to the inner child, what happened to the actual child, and how is that now affecting the adult? Because even when you go on to the second letter, you then realize how much of that trauma and those disruptive defense mechanisms have become disruptive, toxic behavior in present day and how you then want to move on because you then realize where it all went wrong, how it went wrong and how you're still continuing it. And then you start wanting better for yourself in the mm. third letter to say, no, 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 this is not what I envisioned for myself. This is not what I wanted for myself. You start wanting, but by the time you get to the third letter, you start wanting better for yourself. And it's even better if you pay it with as well as prayer because as you're going through that you're able to even realize why people did those things to you and how they need to heal 
And so as you're praying, you then go into different prayers, gratitude prayer, forgiveness prayer, holistic prayer, grounding prayer, revelations. And you even go as far as reveal to me what happened to my past. Reveal to me what happened to those before me. God then starts coming with revelations. Your people start then coming with revelations to tell their side of the story. So it becomes a whole chain reaction but a positive chain reaction as you are healing your people are healing as you are manifesting they are also working towards your manifestations and your life in general starts becoming holistic and whole and grounded mm. and and lighter because you cannot do the work with while leaving your people behind mm. you know but we also then start showing up differently in our relationships yes. yes and once we do that it shows those around us that there is a possibility that there is a chance because always people always feel like they've run out of time i'm too old to do the work mm. my 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 children will do the work for me i'm too old to heal what's the point of healing mang mang has already died what's the point of me asking for forgiveness and 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 and, and the forget that even though they are not in the physical you can still reach out to the spirit and you can still fix the spirit even though you are in the physical you can still do the work for them and they can still receive it on the other side mm. you don't have to be someone who is traditionally gifted in order for you to do that we are spiritual people. We're supposed to be moving and thriving in spirit. Mm. We are supposed to be connecting in spirit first before in the physical. So anything and everything that has limited us into believing that we need a spiritual healer or a traditional healer in order for us to connect with the spirit world is because we stopped believing in that crazy magic. Mm. And we stopped believe, believing in our own imaginations and in believing in our own inner voices because we are so wounded. We don't even know the magic that we are able to sink deep into ourselves and actually tap into that energy and tap into that spirit and that spirit can then come forward and help us in achieving whatever it is that we want for ourselves and in our lives and you don't have to be a spiritually gifted person to do that you know you just have to do the work in order for you to be able to hear the voice clear see the visions clear have them come come clear in your dreams and then communicate to you what needs to be done and how it needs to be done mm. I really like that. It's very empowering, I think, to our listeners because people tend to feel as if though they can't. They need, you know, a sangoma in order to, to do this and that. I think it's, it, it's very encouraging to know that we all have got what we need inside mm. to heal ourselves mm. and thereby healing our people and helping them to evolve, mm. uh, right? Be mm. And that, the return on that investment would be shown in our daily lives where we are in flow, you know, where our relationships are thriving, where we are doing the things that we love to be doing and showing up more and more as ourselves and being present because we would have lost those, the monkeys on the shoulder. Mm, mm. Yeah. I, I, I so wish that people would know that you have everything and anything in you in order for you to have the life that you want but if we do not know that we will continue to use people as crutches we'll continue to use people as excuses we'll continue to limit ourselves we'll continue to believe that life 
is not meant to be beautiful or easy. We'll continue to think and assume that life is supposed to be hard, whereas it doesn't. It doesn't. Eliswa, thank you so much for having this conversation with us. I hope we will chat sometime soon again. Thank you very much for being here. It's been nothing but a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs>